This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or ten months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Well, holiday time is officially here. Tomorrow is the first day of Hanukkah, which begins on the 18th and lasts through December 26th. And by this time next Saturday, Santa will be headed down from the North Pole. As we gather for the holidays, we're all concerned with the continued presence of COVID. And if you listen closely, the bigger concern is what I'm being called the perfect storm. The triple threat of continued COVID, the flu, and RSV, some saying the triple Demic. Most of our attention for the past two and a half years has been on the vaccination for COVID. So now we turn our focus a bit and ask, what about the other life-saving vaccinations? You can still become very ill or die from the flu, and for that matter, pneumonia. So today we'll address these concerns and talk about the other vaccinations for flu, pneumonia, shingles, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, and what vaccinations you need before traveling. Joining us is Dr. Camille Nelson-Cotton. Dr. Nelson-Cotton is an Associate Professor of Medicine from the Harvard Medical School. She's also the Clinical Director for Transplant and Immunocompromised Host Infectious Diseases in the Infectious Diseases Division at Massachusetts General Hospital. She's written numerous articles, speaks internationally, and has several leadership positions, including part of the planning committee for the American Transplant Congress. Welcome, Camille. Woo. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Oh, so impressive. Really, thank you, because you're a very busy woman. Let's start with the flu, Camille, because recently the director of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, uh, reported that hospitalizations for the flu are the highest they've been in a decade. Uh, the season started earlier than usual. Thank you for that. And compounding the problem, Fewer people are getting vaccinations this year than last year. Let's talk about what causes the flu. Sure. So in, uh, the flu is caused by the virus influenza. So um, each of these viruses are unique. Some people are confused between COVID-19 and influenza, but they are definitely apples and oranges. 
Um, and influenza is a, a very common uh, virus. It happens usually um, in the Northern Hemisphere during the winter months. And then uh, the other half of the year, it goes to the Southern Hemisphere and it exists in the tropics much of the year. So very frequent. And interestingly, it actually cycles in and out of humans, but can go into animals, which is why you've heard about avian flu, which is the bird flu. Sometimes they've had to kill um, large groups of chickens because they're infected or um, things like swine flu where they um, it goes into pigs. And that's how some of the changes happen that can cause different types of influenza strains. So we're, I'm going to ask you in a minute why, um, how the different subtypes are named and how they mutate. But I want to go back because traditionally, or I guess usually year to year, October through March are the heaviest times of activity here. But as you say, if it's the reverse in the Southern Hemisphere, isn't, how, isn't that how scientists look at the patterns there to sort of predict how to make a vaccination since the flu will be coming to us secondly? Definitely. So um, I sit on the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practice. And wow. at our last meeting in October, we looked at what had happened in Australia um, over the past six months as a way to potentially forecast what will be happening for us over the subsequent six months. Yes. So uh, keep looking north and south to predict what would be happening and then um, kind of to guess what, to estimate what might be um, for the epidemiology, you know, how much flu do we expect to see? What did they um, see there? What are we expecting? And then also to be able to best formulate the vaccine types as well. Mm -hmm. So people now are familiar with COVID having spike proteins. It's kind of like, what hat are you wearing to the party? Is it the spiked hat? Is it the, <laughs> the, the um, sparkly party hat? So the so the hat that's on the flu vaccine or the flu uh, influenza virus, tell us about those. There are two proteins. Yes. Well, there are two main strains of influenza. There's influenza A and influenza B. But similar to COVID, then there are a whole bunch. There are, I mean, are uh, numerous family members within each of those. And similar to COVID, it's really about variants and mutations. Um, they often name the mutation, um, you know, you'll see names like Melbourne and Hong Kong, and it's basically where they first identified that variant. Um, I guess it's one of those times you don't really want your name used if you can avoid it, um, right. and that you don't want the new variant. Um, yeah, so it's, it's sort of similar. Viruses are clever. It's all about immune escape and um, mutations and uh, making uh, new and different progeny. Right. So I know from my science classes in, in medical school, my, uh, I guess, uh, virology classes, that the surface of the influenza virus has two proteins. One's called hemagglutinin and the other one, uh, norminidase, sorry. Mm -hmm. And that that's where we get H1N1, that there are maybe three types of hemagglutinin and 11 types of norminidase. So that's where you'll get the combinations of some number of H123, some number of N1 through 13. And I guess the countless mutations are what make it more interesting. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So it's so with that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You no, know, go ahead. It's it's mutations within each of those, and then there are a lot of different variants. And you know, I read one time uh, a year or so back that 
even in one season, it can mutate. So you, some people get sick twice in a season. Is that possible? Uh, yes, you could get different. You could get different strains. That would be unfortunate, but um, definitely mm-hmm. possible. Yes, you're not protected. So in terms of spread, let's hope we've learned from COVID, because we know that when we cough or sneeze, little droplets of moisture. Uh, if they land within six feet on somebody else's face near their nose or mouth or, they, or even their hands. So that's why it's so important. Wash your hands. What else are you telling patients? You know, it's really the same situation as COVID-19, as you mentioned. It's really about when you're within six feet of other mm-hmm. people um, and um, when you're inhaling uh, droplets and inhaling uh, virus. And also, you could potentially um, infect yourself by um, dirty hands that doesn't touch your eyes or your nose or your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and be this year especially, let's not hug. Just your presence is your present. You show your love by by arriving, but we're not going to hug this year. I kind of like, I was doing air hugs, but people misinterpret that. So now, kind of fist bump, say, I love you, but, um, and please throw away your dirty tissues. That makes me crazy when people drop them. Dirty tissues belong in the trash. Um, and then we know that, I guess, for people who do become seriously ill, the cause of death is usually pneumonia. Am I right about that? Yes. So um, pneumonia um, from influenza, and they can also get infected with other bacteria, or for some people who might be immune compromised, sometimes they can have fungal pneumonias, but it's mm. basically... Um, uh, the lung is really inflamed, and that can either progress just with influenza or progress with what we call super infection. And then sometimes other parts of the body get uh, affected, and they can become critically ill and go to the uh, intensive care unit, sometimes with multi-organ failure. Mm. And those at higher risk, it's going to be pretty similar with all the uh, topics we touched uh, this morning. Those over age 65 uh, it, with the flu, children under age five, especially under age two, pregnant women, you know, on miscarriages, those who have immune system challenges like HIV, chemo, you see transplant patients, you, you try to be very careful with them, diabetes, obesity. So what's the best time of year to get the vaccine? We used to say October, and now this year, the flu came a little early. You wouldn't suggest getting it before early October, would you? So usually influenza picks up um, around this time of year, and it always seems like it's sort of December and the numbers are starting to creep up. I often think it's associated with the holidays and gatherings and whatnot, and then some of the um, seasonal factors as well. Mm -hmm. This year, it definitely came early. We are at epidemic levels. Um, There are really impressive amounts of influenza out there, and a lot of people are... um, becoming sick with influenza. When I look at the state of Philadelphia on the CDC map, it has a very high amount of disease activity. So there's definitely a lot of, um, definitely a lot of influenza out there. I would recommend in general that people get their influenza vaccine in October to help October, sort of November usually. This year it came a little early. So as soon as you hear disease is picking up best to run out and get your vaccine it's amazing it's available in so many places you can go to your local pharmacy um, board of public health primary care provider they're really widely available 
And never think it's too late to get a flu shot um, anytime during flu season, which can go out as far as April. Um, so even if you haven't gotten your flu shot yet, don't despair. Nothing, no time like the present to run out and get it and start uh, developing immunity very soon after you get it. Is the usual medication, I, I hesitate to mention specific brands, but is the usual medication, the antiviral medication in demand right now? Are we seeing shortages of that? Um, it's definitely being used. I have not heard about any shortages, but it's safe and well tolerated. And I definitely think that for any of those high risk populations you mentioned, um, especially older folks or people who have weakened immune system, it's a really good idea to get that. In fact, sometimes for people with weakened immune systems who even have exposure to influenza but don't yet have influenza, sometimes we give them Good point. a change in the dose. We usually just give it once a day, um, but it, sometimes we give it once a day for 10 days after exposure. So we call that post-exposure post prophylaxis. Yeah, great reminder. I'm glad you brought that up. And with children, we only, you, well, we only do adult medicine. We're internists at, at base, but children do not give children aspirin and medications that contain aspirin, like Pepto-Bismol, under age 18, because it can cause a serious liver condition called Rye syndrome. Um, and pregnant women, remember, they can get worse very quickly. So call your doctor if you've been exposed to the flu. I'm glad you brought that up, Camille. Or if you think you have symptoms. Quick question about RSV. Do you think it's already peaking? Well, it looks like it has peaked, but... Uh... You know, we never really know with these um, viruses that are sort of wily coyotes. Um, so hopefully, hopefully RSV is on its is on its way down. Um, but we that mm -hmm. remains to be seen. I think all the gatherings and things that are going on may help feed the RSV flames, but I, I hope not. I hope not. The pneumonia vaccine. We have about a minute left in this segment. Let's get started with that. Strep pneumonia is the leading bacterial cause of pneumonia worldwide. And that's why this vaccine is so important. Let's talk about that a little bit because it's not just the pneumonia, it can cause meningitis or when the bacteria goes into your bloodstream, sepsis. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, it can definitely cause life-threatening illness. It is one of the more common infectious diseases that um, people develop. Um, I am proud to say that the pneumonia vaccine was actually developed in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania by Dr. Robert Austrian and team. Um, so it's one of those home, homegrown vaccines um, for people from Philadelphia. Um, and that's well tolerated, although we've made um, significant advances. And we're actually seeing a lot less of those diseases you mentioned because we have such good vaccines these days. There's mm -hmm. even a new one called um, Prevnar 20 that is the newest on the block and actually makes things really easy because it's a one and done vaccine. You get one dose and you're well protected. Beautiful. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Dr. Nelson Cotton from Mass General Hospital and learn more about pneumonia and the vaccine. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. At Independence Blue Cross, we believe in giving you the tools you need to pursue your healthiest life. From premiums as low as $0 per month to health discounts and cash rewards, it pays to have coverage with Independence. With the strongest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, you can feel confident that quality care is always within reach. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. When we ask questions... We make sure they're the big ones. 
Like how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to healthcare. Learn how we are working to make healthcare more equitable at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. And we're back on your radio, Doctor, learning so much about other conditions besides COVID that can make us sick during the holidays. Um, Camille, we were talking about who should get the pneumonia vaccine. And we, of course, lean on protecting those who are older than 65. But patients who are between the ages of 19 and 64, no surprise, we want to protect those who are immunocompromised. You spend your whole life protecting people that have had transplants and people that are on long-term steroids and people who have a weaker immune system. But I think it's interesting. People should know that people that have alcohol use disorder, current smokers, Tell us about some of the other people that really we want to remind to get this pneumonia vaccine. So it is recommended uh, for a lot of people. So it might be best if people are curious if they ask uh, their doctor, or you could always look at the CDC website on pneumonia vaccines. Um, in addition to the people that you mentioned, it is recommended for anybody with chronic heart disease, liver disease, lung disease, kidney disease. That's already a lot of people. Anyone who's had their mm-hmm. spleen removed, um, maybe they fell off a bicycle or whatever, um, had a car accident, or for some reason their spleen was removed, they should always be kept up to date on their pneumonia vaccine. And then anybody who has a weakened immune system for a variety of reasons. Also, even just simple things like anyone with diabetes, which applies to a lot of Americans, um, and then a lot of different cancer syndromes, um, organ transplant recipients, people with sickle cell disease. So it's really a whole host of people that um, should mm-hmm. get the pneumonia vaccine. And as I was saying, so it's um, really nice that the new vaccine, Prevnar 20, is generally um, a one-and-done vaccine. Um, there are um, Prevnar 15, Prevnar 13, and then the Pneumavax that was developed in Philadelphia. And it gets a little confusing, so I'd ask people to discuss that with their um, physician. But if you've had one of those, often another one is recommended in conjunction. Mm -hmm. And we want to stress again, it's also important, this is another reason why it's important to get the influenza or the flu vaccine, because having the flu increases your risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. No, thank you. And the other point, Camille, is if a person's had a history of a pneumococcal pneumonia in the past, it doesn't protect you. You still need the vaccination. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Again, same as same as COVID, same as flu, there are a lot of different strains. So unfortunately, it's not like, you know, when you have chickenpox, you only have chickenpox once. That's not the case for all these things we're talking about. I wish right. it were. <laughs> well, and the goal of getting our children, it's widely used in the, the uh, pneumonia vaccine in children because that sort of helps to give us herd immunity. Fewer elderly people will get it if the children aren't passing it in daycare and and school and such. Um, good to know. Yeah. We're, I'm so glad you brought that up. The herd immunity yeah. that we're seeing with kids with pneumonia vaccine is fabulous. And we are seeing far lower rates of pneumonia um, across the board from strep, streptococcus pneumoniae infections. Yeah, that really works. Mm-hmm. Was it first developed for children, the pneumonia vaccine, or no? You know, I'm not sure about that bit of history. You think of little children getting strep, strep, this and that. And I wonder if that's how it started. I don't know. Um, 
when we, we think about shingles, which rhymes with jingles, <laughs> it sort of rhymes with Kringle, but I do not want it in my Christmas stocking. Thank you, no. Um, what causes shingles? So shingles is reactivation chickenpox. So for those of us that had chickenpox as kids, um, we are all at risk for the virus that is in our bodies waking up and causing the disease called shingles. Shingles often happens uh, on the body somewhere. It's usually on one side of the body or another, and then it's a rash that can be quite painful. And I think it's having shingles is bad, but there's something after shingles called post-herpetic neuralgia that can be quite painful mm -hmm. and can go on for months or even years where people have pain and burning and really are very uncomfortable. Um, so that's quite unfortunate. The good news is, is that we have this uh, great vaccine that's been out for quite a while now. Um, we had one vaccine initially for shingles that was a live virus vaccine that provided about five to seven years of protection. But a lot of people couldn't get it because it's a live virus. So many of the people who are immune compromised could not get the live virus. This new one is um, great. It provides an estimated 18 years of, about 18 years or so of protection. And it's about 97% protective. The old one was only about 50% protective. Wow. And it's generally well tolerated. It can cause a lot of pain. Um, when people complain that the vaccine's hurting in their arm, I say, well, that's good news. Your body's having a strong immune response to the <laughs> vaccine. But I am hoping that we will see a lot less shingles because of this highly effective and generally well-tolerated vaccine. I do want to stress again, it's not a live virus. So many, many people can be getting it. Um, I was part of the working group at the Center for Disease Control on shingles vaccine, and it really is um, recommended uh, for people um, 50 and up. And then under the age of 50, if they're between 19 and 50, if they have a condition that suppresses their immune system. So I would love to not see any more shingles. Actually, about one in every three Americans get shingles. So it's a really good reason mm. to get the vaccine. Well, and the live vaccine for our listeners, think about it. If somebody's immune system is a bit compromised, you don't want to inject even a taste of live anything because they can't fight it as well as somebody who has a normal immune system. Um, and what's interesting that you said, <clears throat> it's uh, chickenpox revisited. The, the name of the virus, if I'm correct, is varicella zoster. Mm -hmm. And the varicella is the chickenpox part. And our spinal cord, think of it as a, as a long, I guess, ponytail. And strands yeah. of nerves come off that to feed each section of your body. So if a strand that's uh, covering this part of your chest is affected, that kind of rectangle from the midline. It, it's so interesting to see, isn't it, Camille? When we see people shingled, there's a line in the sand and just to the right or just to the left, where that nerve feeds is this block of look like little blisters and it goes from the front to the back. It stops dead yeah. center in your back as well. Um, and those blisters are one thing, but the, the um, uh, varicella zoster, herpes zoster, that's where the term you mentioned herpetic, post-herpetic neuralgia, meaning super pain. So after you have the, the little blistery skin lesions, the pain can stay with you in that nerve root for months to years. So that's why the vaccine is your friend, because the vaccine, am I right, is not indicated to treat the condition, it's to prevent the condition. So if we, if we get a good, strong immune response 
at the beginning, you're less likely to have that post-herpetic neuralgia. And that, if you don't learn anything else from listening to Dr. Nelson Cotton, get the darn vaccine. Now, you don't have to, we don't have to confirm that you had chickenpox earlier because no. most people born, yeah, most people born after 19, or sorry, before 1980, we all had chicky pops, as we call it in my house. Yeah. Uh, so just go get it. Yeah. Plus, the live vaccine is no longer available in the U.S., correct? No, it is not available mm-hmm. in the U.S. any longer. Camille, COVID, where are we now in terms of numbers and hospitalizations? And can you update us on the new vaccine and how it can help us? Sure. Well, the, we are seeing brisk activity for COVID, unfortunately. I think that in um, many places, it looks like there's been an increase after Thanksgiving when people all got together and, as you say, hugged and what we're all hanging out and um, unfortunately sharing COVID. It looks like we have over 65,000 cases of COVID a day um, these days with testing positivities at about 12%, which is high. That means there's a lot of disease out there. There are over um, 38,000 Americans who are hospitalized and uh, with COVID and over um, 4,400 Americans in intensive care units. And um, I'm reading that there are um, over 450 Americans who are dying every day now from COVID on average. So I always think that's like a jumbo jet crashing um, every day in America. And this has gone on for, you know, uh, getting close to three years now. We're not there yet, but it's really tragic. And I personally have taken care of many of those very ill patients. So it's still a devastating time. I will say that there's a lot that people can do in that um, we all know, as you said, about the masking and hand washing and um, alcohol-based hand cleansers and just being uh, careful about crowds. But there's also this really good vaccine that is what we call bivalent. So um, this was, we approved this from the CDC at the beginning of September, and it contains two different uh, uh, vaccines in one. One of the vaccines covers the original COVID strain from Wuhan, China. And then the other one covers an Omicron-like strain. So it kind of covers something old, something new. And to be well protected, it's important to have that. And it is recommended for all Americans uh, who um, haven't had a vaccine since the beginning of September. And if they've had COVID, um, if they are at least three months out from having had COVID. Um, so hopefully they, people will get the vaccine. The majority of Americans have not had this opportunity, have not taken the opportunity to get this um, new vaccine, which is disappointing. Um, I will say that I made sure all my family members and loved ones got it. Um, we are traveling over the holidays. I made sure that everybody is boosted and ready for travel. I don't want people getting sick. And it definitely, you know, these are by no means 100% protective, but they really help avoid serious life-threatening illness. And I will say, I think across the country, many of the emergency rooms are really backed up. I don't want to spend any time in the emergency room over the holidays. So I'm going to make sure, you know, me, my family members, my loved ones, and I really encourage all my patients um, to be well, well protected, well vaccinated and avoid getting in trouble. 
Sure. So, uh, and for two reasons, you don't want to be in an emergency room. You're losing precious holiday time, precious family time, but also you're exposed to other people coughing and such. But I'm glad you brought up, I wanted, that was a curiosity. Does the current, and are we calling the current injection a vaccine or a booster? It's a vaccine, yes? Um, it's really a booster. We're calling it um, a booster, but it, it, okay. yep, it's not really a new vaccine because it's sort of, it's a little bit of both. Your point is well taken in that it's a booster for the original strain, old but one. it is a new vaccine, um, all in one. It's called yeah, the bivalent and vaccine. That's why I wanted people to hear that it's uh, double, doubly nice because it covers the old and the any newer versions of Omicron. Um, have we learned any new patterns now that we have two and a half years of data from say March of 2020? I, one thing we did learn that was from October 2020 through March, April 2021, it was the lowest flu numbers we had for years. So staying apart does make a difference. But have we learned any of the big questions we had about the effects of COVID long-term or the vaccinations? Anything new that you can share with us? doesn't seem like it. Uh, you know, it really, it really seems like the more recently that you were vaccinated, the better protected um, you are. And the less severe COVID you have overall, um, you know, the better your outcome. I am seeing a lot of people who were vaccinated most recently in 2021, so it's been usually a year or longer. And I do think that they um, have uh, more serious illness when they haven't had a recent vaccine. So it does seem like we're just going to need to keep these vaccines updated, you know, kind of like we get a flu shot every year. Exactly. You know, just mm -hmm. keep boosting, keep boosting, stay immune and won't be entirely protective, but definitely better to do that than run the risk of getting severe life-threatening COVID. Absolutely, and if you've had COVID, we wanna give a three-month time frame to wait until you get your updated shot. Yeah. Okay, Yeah. very good. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back and learn more about important vaccinations. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. When you have orthopedic issues, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes orthopedics. You need an exceptionally specialized Rothman orthopedics physician. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like when it comes to diseases, can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. 
At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. Welcome back to Your Radio Doctor on WPHT. Camille Nelson Cotton is our guest, Dr. Camille Nelson Cotton from Mass General. Camille, let's talk about hepatitis. I think our listeners need to be reminded that itis is the suffix meaning inflammation. So if the cells in your liver are inflamed, you get hepatitis, but it's not always the hepatitis that we think about that's from hepatitis B, from we used to say blood transfusions or hepatitis C kind of thing. Hepatitis can be from certain medications or too much green tea or anything mononucleosis. Today, we're going to talk about hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Hepatitis A, let's talk about that. I see that often enough as a GI doctor. Yeah, well, there's somewhere around 3,000 cases of hepatitis A every year in the United States. So it's not that common. About half of those cases relate to travel, but about half of them are transmitted within the United States. Sometimes it's um, person to person, um, and then sometimes it's even from the foods we eat. Sometimes the foods are imported uh, from areas where there's hepatitis A in the irrigation system. Um, mm. It has been recommended for years now that all children be vaccinated against hepatitis A. So we do have a really well-tolerated, very effective vaccine, which is great. Um, I do think that many adults tend to be under-vaccinated. Uh, so yes. Yeah, it's good to think about who who we should better vaccinate. And it's really anyone with liver disease, um, anybody who might be in a setting where they could be exposed to hepatitis A, which might be crowded houses, um, people who are um, living in group homes, things like that. Um, And then people who Mm -hmm. have HIV, um, pregnant women who are at risk for exposure. So there are Mm -hmm. a a lot of groups that could be uh, better protected by a well-tolerated vaccine. So as you say, if somebody, um, the people at risk, maybe somebody has another form of liver disease, maybe they have hepatitis B or they have hep C um, and their liver is already struggling, you don't want them to get superimposed hep A. Because as GI docs, when we say hepatitis A, we don't just say, oh, it, 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 the, the beauty of hep A or the, the kindness is that it doesn't usually cause chronic liver disease like hep B, hep C. Chronic liver disease can go to cirrhosis and really bump the risk for liver cancer. In this situation, it's usually self-limited, goes away with time, but it's under 1% of the time we can see fulminant acute liver failure, which means without a liver transplant, you're you lose your life. So even though it's usually self-limited, we want to prevent it because um, it can make you really sick. So it's transmitted. This is another interesting point for people to learn. Yeah, it's through um, usually uh, food and uh, contaminated food and water um, or um, oral fecal route. Um, So not the hepatitis B is transmitted through more blood contact, but this is um, something that's pretty common, which is why it's a common issue with travelers who are traveling in areas where there are higher rates of hepatitis A. Um, it's just food, water, poor hygiene, lack of hand washing, right. that type of stuff. Right. And so when we say fecal oral, that means some it's transmitted through the bowel movements, yep. through the stool. Yep. So if somebody uses the bathroom, 
they don't wash their hands and then they're your food handler or they say, Hey, how are you doing? And they shake your hand or, yeah. or, um, it's passed pretty easily. And, um, if they touch your food or your glass of water or even other people, it is one of the most preventable infections acquired by travelers. So if you're traveling, think hard about getting the Hep A vaccine uh, because really humans are the only known reservoir. It's not like you said, the flu can be in birds or, or piggies. It's people to people. So, And the vaccine, I know people have questions about novel, meaning new. It's a new virus with COVID, new vaccine. This is time tested. It's been around since 1996. We talked about people at greater risk, people that use illegal drugs, even though it's hand to mouth of, you know, hepatitis B is more blood uh, trans, uh, transfer. Um, and if you've been in contact with somebody who has known hepatitis A, it's good uh, within 60 days. Is that a good ballpark? Yeah, I would have to um, confirm the 60 days, but it definitely is good for people who've um, been in recent contact with somebody who might yeah. have given them hepatitis A. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a household, um, people, if you're exposed to household contacts, sexual partners, people who have shared drugs, either injected or non-injected, hep A is, is a possibility. Childcare centers, because Little kids pick up a toy, salivate on them, share. I guess they could get hep B that way as well because bodily fluids. But but um, and we talked about food handlers. So hepatitis A, don't ignore it. It is not your friend either. Hepatitis B is more dangerous because it can cause the chronic liver inflammation disease. There's a spectrum that goes then to cirrhosis, liver cancer. Let's talk about how that's transmitted. So yeah, hepatitis B is different. Um, it is passed by um, exposure to blood. Um, mother to child when a mother is pregnant and gives birth, um, blood transfusions, sharing dirty needles, sometimes um, not so much now, but in the old days, um, a blood transfusion or exposure to you know another person's blood um, through a variety of ways. Um, as you said, people that share needles, um, healthcare workers who might accidentally give a patient a medication or injection, and they drop the needle on themselves. But there are protocols that we follow to maximize the safety of our healthcare workers. And you must really protect your transplant uh, recipients. Yeah, when people have a, a new kidney or new yeah. organ well, transplant. Vaccines work best before immunosuppression. So we do try hard to make sure everyone's really well vaccinated heading into transplant. Something, mm -hmm. you know, we've recommended hepatitis B vaccine for all children for quite a long time, and we are seeing very low rates of hepatitis B in well-protected children and now young adults, which is wonderful to see. Um, there's a new recommendation that came out from the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practice at the CDC this past year, where we're recommending that all adults up to age 60 um, mm -hmm. be vaccinated against hepatitis B unless they have um, prior vaccine or prior immunity. And then anyone over the age of 60 who has risk factors, because we're still seeing thousands of cases of hepatitis B every year in the United States. It's estimated that about 1% of the U.S. has hepatitis B. And so we wow. really need to do better, especially where we have such a well-tolerated, simple vaccine that, as you said, has been around for decades. So no reason not to protect Americans. Um, so if you're interested, talk to your doctor about all any of these vaccines we've discussed, but especially hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Mm -hmm. And with hepatitis B, a small percentage who get the vaccination don't respond. Their immune system doesn't wake up. And we were most concerned about people with repeated exposures like healthcare workers. What do they do? Do they get more injections or 
It kind of depends on the details, depends which vaccine they got, depends on their immune system. But we often try to um, boost them or give them um, alternative formulations of the vaccine because we're actually fortunate enough to have different formulations of the vaccine these days. Mm-hmm. With um, And hep B is often seen with HIV because of the, the, they're transmitted the same way with uh, sexual contact or... Um, one thing I always say to my patients, children, residents, anybody who's listening, don't share razors. If, you know, I always mm-hmm. say when my, my kids will go off to college, if you have a little kit where you keep your toothbrush and you know, um, you just hope somebody doesn't stumble into the bathroom when they're tired and they pick up your toothbrush instead of theirs because you can make your gums bleed when you brush your teeth or the saliva. Um, nobody would intentionally share a toothbrush, I don't think, but... Um, don't think that that's not a way. You use a razor and you might not see a little bit of blood you draw on the razor, mm-hmm. right? So we tell people um, not to share toothbrushes or, or uh, razors because hep B can live a little bit longer outside the body, yes? Yes, it can. It's a fairly, fairly durable virus. So you mentioned that adults could be more compliant and um, that brings us to travel as well. You probably see patients um, who are planning a trip they should see you at least a month before they go. So they have time to learn. So you can learn where are you going? What is an endemic risk in that area? Or if you're going to multiple places, you have time to make a plan and they can get the shots and the meds and be ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, anytime you're going somewhere more exotic, or if you're not sure, there's actually this great CDC website called CDC destinations. You can actually do a Google search CDC destinations and whatever country you're going to and pull up the recommendations. There's a traveler's view. So it's written for um, regular people. And then there's a medical, the clinician site. Um, but a lot of um, disease can be prevented and the risks reduced with a good travel medicine visit. And I would think most of the time, if you're going to invest in a trip like that, spend the money and see the travel expert because you don't want people to interpret that website themselves. If they if they can afford the time and, and the cost, it's it's so much better, I think, to see the doctor. And and travel with a little Definitely. war chest too. You don't know, uh, you know, you're going to carry um, medications for diarrhea and that sort of thing. And and that's what a travel expert uh, provider can can help you with. Right. right, a first aid kit and talking about medicines, talking about vaccines. But we can we can help a lot and uh, make sure that you have a good trip rather than that you get sick on your trip. So that's great. And always carry a thermometer because a lot of times people don't think that they have an elevated temp and they're surprised to learn that they do. Yeah. Are there um, are they readily accessible? Do you think um, travel centers that I guess in the major cities it's easier than um, maybe some other yeah. places. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of travel medicine centers around, and usually they're um, pretty pretty straightforward to find. I don't know if any are doing virtual medicine. We can't give vaccines virtually, so that's challenging. Um, but uh, we could, you know, certainly there's a lot that can be done. Yes. A lot that can easily be done. And I, I should always remember that because if you could do the um, telehealth, telehealth visit and establish they don't need vaccines, at least they've done their homework and they feel better about I have no regrets if I get sick while I'm away. This is all great information Camille, thank you. Let's take a little break and we'll be back for our wrap up 
Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. At Independence Blue Cross, we believe in giving you the tools you need to pursue your healthiest life. From premiums as low as $0 per month to health discounts and cash rewards, it pays to have coverage with Independence. With the strongest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, you can feel confident that quality care is always within reach. Explore your coverage options and enroll today at ibx.com. When you have joint pain, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes joints. Someone so focused on their specialty, they've written the book on it, literally. You need an exceptionally specialized physician from Rothman Orthopedics. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past the pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. Official orthopedic partner of the Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers. Now, your weekly prescription brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. Welcome back for our final segment of Your Radio Doctor. We call this segment Your Weekly Prescription, brought to you by our friends from Genentech. Camille, you have been such a guiding force in explaining the need for vaccinations other than the COVID vaccine we can't let go of the good advice to protect people from the flu that we're seeing in rising numbers this year. Um, the vaccination for pneumonia, we talked about vaccinations for hepatitis A, hepatitis B, and shingles. Let's do a little recap of the show. What about the flu vaccine? Who should get that? Sure. Well, the flu vaccine is um, recommended for uh, all adult Americans and um, many children as well. And I strongly recommend that everyone get a flu shot. I mean, why bother getting sick or getting a life-threatening illness, especially for older folks or people with risk factors? So I definitely recommend a flu shot every fall. Um, and that's what the Center for Disease Control recommends as well. Mm-hmm. And it's really um, a treat for us to have you on the show because you help write some of those guidelines with the CDC, yes? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I've heard all the data and re- mm-hmm. reviewed the medical information. And so I will say that the CDC is making really good public health decisions and they take a lot of thought when they do it and um, good decision-making. It just feels incredible that we're talking right to the source. And and it's especially important because if, if you get the flu, it increases your risk for pneumonia in general, but including that really common pneumococcal pneumonia. So another big reason, <clears throat> and the pneumonia vaccine in people over age 65 and those who are younger with certain risk factors. Yeah, definitely. Especially the new pneumonia vaccine that's kind of a, a one and done. It's called Prevnar 20. And that's just great. One and done and move on and put put pneumonia, hopefully, in your rear view mirror if you, if you were ever going to see it. Yes, because pneumonia doesn't always just stay in your lungs. It could go into your bloodstream and cause organ failure. But as you say, it's less expensive. It's more convenient. What's not to like? Get the pneumonia vaccine, especially people over 65. Shingles, please get the shingles vaccine if you're 50 and over, but especially if you're even older. Yes. Well, everyone um, over the age of 50 should get a shingles vaccine. It's, in general, a well-tolerated vaccine. People do have pain from the vaccine, um, but at the site, that just means your body's having a good immune response to the vaccine. 
Um, but in general, well-tolerated and where one in every three Americans is at risk for getting shingles, it's a really good idea to get the vaccine. Um, as of this past year, we recommend it for people over the age of 19 if their immune systems are suppressed. So that's a lot of people. Um, and I do meet up with a lot of people that get shingles and say, oh, I wish I'd gotten that vaccine. And I say, I wish you had too, and then you wouldn't be here with us today. Right, so because, that's a really good, yeah, good prevention. The, the skin rash is bad enough, but the post-herpetic, the virus is called herpes zoster. Um, and post-herpetic, meaning having had that uh, viral exposure, the pain can be really, really hard to live with. Hepatitis A, you can avoid it if you wash your hands after you use the bathroom or even change a diaper. We should have mentioned that earlier. If you change, if it's traveling uh, in your family, changing a diaper, wash your hands before you eat. That could that could protect you from so many things, just a general before you eat. Hepatitis B, you told us about that. Yeah, and hepatitis B. So hepatitis A is recommended for all children and then many adults with risk factors and travelers. So lots of people should get hepatitis A vaccine. And then hepatitis B vaccine is recommended for all Americans under the age of 60 who have not yet had the vaccine or who not who are not yet immune. So um, these are really well-tolerated vaccines. I've had um, all of these, uh, almost all of these vaccines myself or given them to my children. Um, so I do strongly recommend these vaccines. No reason uh, to avoid them and lots of reasons if you want to stay healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. And hepatitis A, if you're exposed to someone who has hepatitis A, see your doctor because it might take a while for it to show up in your system. Hepatitis B is not just blood. We used to think blood transfusions, we test our blood for, for hepatitis B and hepatitis C. It can be passed in other bodily fluids. So it's transmitted through sexual contact, illicit drugs. Do not share razors, toothbrushes. Remind your college students when they leave their things laying around in the, uh, the uh, commonly shared bathroom, put your things away in your drawer in your room. Camille, good place for people to read more about these vaccinations. Yeah, I think anytime you want to read more about vaccines, the CDC website um, does a terrific job. I think I love the way they've structured things. It's easy to understand. Um, and it's for medical people and non-medical people. Um, there's great travel medicine information, um, but that's e the easiest place to go. It's free, it's available. And um, if you have questions, you can always discuss with your healthcare provider. And the website is cdc.gov.gov, as in government. So mm -hmm. that's good to know. And if you're going to go on a trip, especially to a foreign country, and maybe not even, even some parts of the U.S., talk to your doctor. And if you need a consultation before you travel, at least one month prior to travel, so there's time to evaluate where you're going and if you need immunizations. Dr. Camille Nelson-Cotton, thank you so much for joining us. We learned so much. And I'll ask my listeners to visit our website, yourradiodoctor.net, to hear the show again. Thanks for having me. That's terrific. Wonderful. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank, thank you, you so you much. And now for your real champion, I call this segment, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. David Kelleher and his wife, Marlo Pagano Kelleher, understand the meaning of hard work, but they never take their success for granted. David is the owner of David Dodge in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, a large car dealership where he sells Dodge, Chrysler, and Jeep vehicles, along with Dodge Ram pickup trucks. After opening in 2005, the business grew 
and David joined the Auto Dealers Association of Greater Philadelphia, a regional trade association whose members include every new car and truck dealer in the area. Members think of it as an educational clubhouse for those in the automotive industry. They host meetings, share key industry updates, and organize the fantastic Philadelphia Auto Show. But even more important to David is his commitment to the philanthropic arm of the association, the Caring for Kids Foundation. Now, the first three letters in the word caring are C-A-R, as in car or automobile. David's a trustee on the board of the foundation. One of the projects is called the New Coat Program. Knowing that one in six children in Philadelphia live in poverty, the association started a challenge that first year asking each dealer to donate a new winter coat each time a car was sold in September. In his first year, David donated 70 coats, but quickly worked his way up to giving 1,500 coats last year. In the past 15 years, the association has given a grand total of more than half a million coats. David and Marlowe also give as much as 2,000 cans of green beans, 2,000 cans of gravy, and thousands of dollars toward turkeys at Thanksgiving time. Well, the auto show is a massive undertaking, part of Philly history since 1902, and the auto dealers have produced it since 1997, one of the largest in the country. It's a great way to spend an afternoon if you're in the market to buy a new car or just enjoy the display of well-preserved classics or one-of-a-kind models. It opens with the Black Tie event, which has raised more than $9 million for Children's Hospital Philadelphia. But maybe David's favorite way to share his success is through the Adopt-A-Child program. Serving Chester and surrounding areas in Delaware County, David Dodge partners with City Team Ministries, which lends support to over 3,200 children. And this year, David and Marlo adopted 600 children. As they speak about their work, their energy is palpable. Each year, David and Marlo transform into Santa and Mrs. Claus, helping to make Christmas wishes come true for children who really need Santa's help. They take hundreds of letters written to Santa. Letters are stored in dark plastic bags so the children can't see where they go. Once the mail comes to David Dodge, the North Pole is open for business. David says the best part is watching all the members of his dealership work as one big team. Everybody shares the same goal, to share the Christmas spirit of love and hope with children who might otherwise be forgotten, and to celebrate the camaraderie of their own workplace. David's voice lights up when he talks about the technician who take time out of their day to assemble bicycles, or the employee who was moved to donate $1,500. Everyone contributes. David's enthusiasm is contagious, and everyone in his world follows his lead. That's the magic of Christmas. It means more than giving of your treasure. They also donate their time and talent. David Dodge has popular ads on TV, so David's handsome face is easily recognized. Marlo says whenever someone does recognize him, David stops to say hello and agrees to take a selfie. Earlier this year, an elderly lady who's a fan just wanted to meet David for her birthday. So he invited her to the dealership where the cake and balloons were there to celebrate her 87th birthday. And every encounter comes with his signature bear hug. Now, David Dodge has enough space to store their reindeer and sleigh. The sleigh is made by Dodge, of course. And once the gifts are assembled and wrapped, Santa and Mrs. Claus fly through the air to deliver them, always swinging past the Chrysler building to wave to their buddies. David and Marlo live the Christmas message, and every time David puts a coat on a child or brings Santa where he's not expected, 
it's life-changing for the child and for themselves. Notice the last five letters of themselves spell elves. We salute you, David Kelleher and Margaret Pagano Kelleher, your real champions. Friends, if you'd like to join in this beautiful Christmas project, Adopt a Child, David Kelleher will match whatever you give. The request is to donate about $75 per child. Visit drivedavid.com for more information about Adopt a Child. That's David Dodge Dealership in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Help them bring a Christmas smile to a child's face. Visit drivedavid.com. Thank you for joining us on Your Radio Doctor this week and every week on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You can listen to this show and all of our shows and Your Real Champions on odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. We'll be posting information about our weekly medical topics, such as websites to read more. And today we spoke about vaccines for the flu, pneumonia, shingles, hepatitis A and B. Read more on the CDC website, which is cdc.gov. Please follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send an email to ask about a topic or tell us about a real champion in your community. Send it to info at yourradiodoctor.net. Please take a tip from our guests today. As you gather for the holidays, please hesitate to hug. Show your love by being there. Keep the hugs for after flu season. Today is December 17th. Happy birthday to my Aunt Kitty Ritchie, the funniest woman I ever knew. She lived to be 97, and today we wish her a happy, heavenly 117th birthday. Happy first day of Hanukkah beginning tomorrow on December 18th, lasting through till December 26th. Next week, you'll enjoy beautiful Christmas all weekend. So I'll take this opportunity to say Merry Christmas to you and your families, and remember what the season is all about, celebrating the birth of our Savior, the light of the world. And remember, it's the season of giving and forgiving. So reach out to someone and show your love by mending fences. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, wishing all of you a wonderful, happy, healthy, and safe holiday season, surrounded by the ones you love, and always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Sleigh bells ring, snow is listening, so be sure that you're listening. Your radio doc at 5 o'clock every Saturday. Oh yeah, 1210 PHT. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre recorded.